Hi, this is Sarah Kirschling and her dogs. Bingo. Bingo. This is Dave Young coming out of Minneapolis. Hi, this is listener Justina calling in with a bingo. Hey, guys, this is Kirsten. I just emailed in my TVTL bingo card, and I didn't think I was going to make it this week, but I did. I got a bingo, a double bingo, in fact. Thanks a lot. Bye. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. On Fridays, we bring you a variety of different formats, from Phyllis Faves to clip shows to 10 interviews, but this is a Monday episode, and we're ready to bring you a recap of the previous week's TBTL. And joining me today to do this from Animal Sanctuary, Naughty Cat Studios in Dallas, Texas, it's Meredith All the Way Mayhan. Good morning, Meredith. <laughs> Good morning, Anne. And completing the I-35 crew, dialing in from his spacious ranch studio in Manshack, Texas, it's the jail dude, Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. <laughs> Good morning, Ann. I feel lucky to be with you. Uh, about an hour and a half ago, I arose and uh, did what I, what what passes for grooming for me these days as a legless man, and and part of that <laughs> is uh, is shaving. And I, sh- I've I've been shaving. I'm 52 years old. I've been shaving for about 37 years on a consistent basis, and I still haven't learned the lesson that you don't try to shave off a zit. So oh, no. I, I lost several several pints of of blood, but uh, but I, you know uh, Emily gave me some some juice and some cookies, and and I'm, I'm <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna make it now. So we've all had our snacks. We're okay. But yeah, you did yeah, Google snack. how to stop it from bleeding, right? And you put cologne and chapstick, and then yeah. like, poked at it for a long time. Yeah, I tried about a hundred different things. What I definitely didn't do is just put a piece of paper towel on it and let it um, soak no. the paper towel and stop the bleeding. That would have made sense if I had done that. So I have a question. You said you were doing the grooming as far as you, a, a legless man does it. What were you doing on your legs before that you're not doing now? Uh, stand, standing up and taking a wonderful hot shower. In a shower. <laughs> I see. So it's not the legs themselves that are being groomed. It's that they have a, a purpose in, in the grooming ritual. They, they, they used to help me take a nice hot shower on my legs in a shower. Yes. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I do my best these days. That's all we can ask. Yeah. As uh, Tony, what's his name, says on P90X, do your best and forget the rest. <laughs> oh, while we're speaking of uh, blood, I have to tell a corny joke. Sorry. Now we're getting sidetracked, just like TBTL. But at least this joke might be worth it. Um, the, I forget where I heard the joke, but they said, uh, my dad died while we were trying to determine his blood type, but bless his heart, right to the end, he was telling us to be positive. 
<laughs> I heard that. That was on Facebook or something. I yeah, it was. It was great. That was pretty good. I always say I'm A positive, so that means that I'm getting good grades even in my blood. Yeah, of course you would. Mm-hmm. Goody two-shoes. I mean, I can only help <laughs> one blood type. I'm not one of those cool people with O, but I do my best. And forget the rest. Oh, God. <laughs> That didn't deserve a callback. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the show plan. As usual, we will do a little LRB business, a very little LRB business. We'll bring you the weekend review. We'll do some housekeeping and we'll tell you how you can get involved with the show. On to LRB business. Uh, I finished listening to uh, the Friday show. It was a Phyllis fave show where Phyllis and Christy talked about all things chamber and shared some embarrassing confessions by Luke and Jen and possibly the most embarrassing confession of all by Sean who admitted that he voluntarily watched the movie White Chicks. <laughs> so <laughs> Good job, Sean. I've never seen. Have you guys seen have you guys seen White Chicks? I've never seen. No, no. I have not. No. Weird. Hey, I sat through uh Luke who's talking too. So That's I, true. I've done my yeah. my work. That's true, but that was like in the cause of science, sort yeah. of. Well, that that uh, that Friday show was so funny and so good, and I listened to it Saturday morning at a little after five a.m. Emily left town for a day to go return her brother's truck, um, which helped us move or whatever. So she was gone, and so it was up to me to take care of the pets. Um, to and and their ritual they get fed at five and five and I usually take care of the, the five that's at a reasonable hour and Emily takes care of the five in the morning, but her being gone, um, I was treated to a lot of tail thumping and a lot of growling. And then the <laughs> the cat perches on your chest and digs her claws into your chest. And twice her claws got caught in my chest skin through my shirt through, cause I was wearing a pretty thin shirt and and twice I had to pull her pull her paws out of my chest. So I was pretty much wide awake at five and uh it was the first time I've ever listened to a podcast from five to six and it was it was funny. It was really great. Uh and I was able to because all of the things that we're doing at five AM are, are very much by ritual and rote. There's no there's no thinking or distraction involved. But and later on in the day, you were going to listen to the show and but while you while you were working you volunteered to go into work and but you weren't able to do that why why were you not able to do no i got a very sad and pathetic text earlier this week from my former boss at the old second job at the store and she is so overwhelmed with work and she had uh, her other longtime person just quit recently and she hasn't been able to get done the things she needs to get done. And she said, could you come in, please, and clean the stock room? Because that always used to be my thing because I am the organized person. So I would just take care mm-hmm. of it. And now she can't get to it. So I went in and I had saved the Phyllis episode. I was like, this is great. I'm going to have some time. And yeah, I put it on. And work. I was, yeah, yeah, I was like, no, th- no, surveying the disaster zone. I was like, I can't. I have too many decisions that I need to make about what's going to happen. <laughs> you sent us a picture of that, and it really looked like an earthquake hit that room. Yeah. Yep. 
It looked like my apartment after the Nisqually earthquake. It really did. (laughs) Everything had just like fallen out of the, the the fridge was wide open. All the food was on the floor, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, the problem is that all the fourth quarter merchandise comes at once and there's physically not enough space in the warehouse. So it has to get distributed out to the stores, whether they're ready for it or not. So you get the Mm -hmm. fall things and the Halloween things and the Thanksgiving things. And then the Christmas crap starts coming. And uh, it's a small store. Many times you work by yourself. And so you can't be in the back room organizing Mm -hmm. the shelves where there may be customers coming in and taking things and leaving who knows so uh she just had to let it lie so i worked on that for five hours and i may have to go back (laughs) wow so oh you poor thing well but at least eventually you got to listen to the show you got it to a point where you could listen to the the phyllis show and enjoy it the way i did i did i actually i had to listen to most of it on the way home oh there you go in a relaxed state (laughs) yep but and and I have to say, I forgot how punishing that job is on your body because I was so sore last night and this morning. Just, mm-hmm. man, they should not have put concrete floors in that place because mm-hmm. it's not, that's not good for a body. But so I'm really glad it was yeah. uh, lovely to see my friends and affirming that I made the right uh, decision to stop working <laughs> there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so the point is, listen to the Friday show is fantastic. It was great. And Phyllis and Christy had a few of their own chambery moments that they shared. Nothing really right. to be too embarrassed about, I thought. I don't know. 90 Day Fiance, man. That is okay, bad. yeah, that's a little embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is bad. That is bad. I mean, I, I, I've taken to watching Shark Tank, and I'm pretty ashamed of that. But it's nothing as bad as 90 Day Fiance. All right, let's move on to the other important update which is how the bingo game is going. We have had four, count them, four winners. Jeez. Uh, yes, congratulations to Sarah, David, Justina, and Kirsten, who all called and left the appropriate bingo voicemail, <laughs> the bingo, if you will, this week. Um, and Sarah in particular, holy cow, it, she had a run of luck that only took her a few days to get it. So I was actually pretty worried. I was like, did I make some of these too weird and unusual that will we be playing this for like a month and people will be getting sick of it? But it turns out that was not a problem. Mm-hmm. And I almost got a bingo myself. If only they had played a voicemail yesterday, unless they did. I don't remember. <laughs> you know, it is really hard to keep track of this stuff. And uh Uh, Sarah mentioned to me that uh, she had had to listen to TBTL a lot more closely than she normally does to get all of these. And she said that it gives her a little more appreciation for what we do with the recaps. Oh, you know, active listening is mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. I was thinking about that this week is like, oh, we've trapped some people in our box because because I I was I think yesterday afternoon I was, you know, because I have I have Friday this week and I was doing and I was I was thinking, Oh man, this is this must be what it's like to play the bingo. <laughs> I've been having fun with it, but I'm nowhere near a bingo. Like mine's pretty sparse. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty amazing. Like I was listening to the other day and then I had to pause it for some reason. And when I came back, I started listening again and I was 10 seconds in and I thought, wait a minute, did they say peace and love? Peace and love? And I went back mm-hmm. and I they was said like, they peace did. and love a bunch this week. <laughs> they said yeah. it like I almost totally missed it because it just went by so fast. 
I hate it, by the way. I hate peace and love, by the way. Oh, there's nothing wrong with peace and love. I, I don't No, To me, it's like no offense. You right. Know, but you're just about to say something shitty. Mm-hmm. It's bless your heart. Yeah, bless your heart. You're so stupid that you like whatever yeah. it is that you like. <laughs> so, um, in true LRB fashion, we'll get we'll figure out prizes and we'll get those out. You know, sometime in the next six to eight months, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. have that part all nailed down, but thanks everybody who played. <laughs> I had fun um, finding the things. I did want to read a uh, one email that actually did make me laugh out loud from Tyler when he was asking for his bingo card. He told me a story. He said, this reminds me of the time I was in charge of organizing a bingo game at the nursing home for a church game night. And I printed the exact same bingo card for everyone there because I'm an idiot who didn't understand how bingo cards work. Goodness. (laughs) Bingo! I only realized my mistake when every single person got bingo at the exact same time. (laughs) Well, imagine, imagine the embarrassment of the, you know, person who didn't, you know, who missed something and they're like, Oh my God, 65 other people got bingo and I didn't get it. That's true. So I love that story. That's a beautiful story, Tyler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I have a list of like 10 new bingo squares that I've pulled together Mm -hmm. already. So I think we'll probably play this again if people had a fun time. Uh, And of course, continue to play on your own, guys, if you want to continue with this. Every time Andrew mentions his condiments. (laughs) Um, And throw your phone moments. I have one that I want to feature right now because we have asked for people to um, send us texts. And we got one this week from uh, Nema Name. Uh, What's my third pronunciation? Hmm. Nami. I I, I assume it's Nema, but... um, why got to have such a hard name that I don't know how to pronounce? Uh, they sent us a text that said, love the show. Santa Fe 10 Nema here listening to show 255 and loved. Appreciate hearing all the TBTL phrase backstories. And just a minute, Ron has landed in my vernacular. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing that one back over here, too. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So thank you very much for that text. And with that, let's get into the week in review. Monday, number 2480, Papyrus was a rolling stone and Andrew was justifiably proud of this show title. I thought that was a good one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, David Burbank is in studio. We've been asking for this for a while. So it's great to hear his voice. He's fantastic. Um, they start the show by talking about their bummery news. Uh, top of the list, of course, is the shooting in Las Vegas and uh, the fact that Tom Petty passed away, which Andrew says hit him a lot harder than any of the the musician deaths last year because he's such a big fan of Tom Petty. And we'll get to more on that later in the week. Uh, but they feel guilty about feeling sad about Tom Petty's death because of the Vegas thing like that is such a huge tragedy all of their sadness and all of their energy should be um, focused more on that and uh, I guess um, I don't know uh, put it more into perspective how they shouldn't be it, feeling so sad really about Tom Petty. It makes for a weird day. You it know? does. Like because I remember Monday I'm like um, because, you know, and I'll talk about how much of a fan I am, too, of Tom Petty. Monday, I'm like, 
uh, how am I supposed to process all? I mean, not that how I feel is important, but you know, you're just, you just want to try to figure out how to feel your way through the day. And it was the, probably the weirdest news day. Um, I don't know. Weirdest news day that I can remember. And uh, boy, I don't know. It was a bad day for white people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there's, there's a global tragedy and then there's a personal tragedy and the, the global tragedy was all those people being killed and, and mm-hmm. but still people had yeah. such a personal relationship with Tom Petty's music. Again, we'll talk about that later that I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that you have to feel guilty about feeling sad about no, him. It's hard to get, it's hard to um, allow yourself to be that devastated. Like 58 people dying is, uh, you know, horrific, but we can't, I don't know if we have a good way to process that. Like we can be sad about Tom Petty because we have, you know, relationship in our mind with Tom Petty. Uh, We didn't know any of these people probably. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can understand that it's a tragedy, but it's just a different way. And I wonder if it's like a, a a protective thing. Like we can't get that upset about 58 people dying. Right. Or it would just destroy you all laying in the street crying. Mm -hmm. all day. Mm -hmm. I just worry about these idiots. Like, you know, because now, now it's like it was 51 or 52 or whatever it is, and now it's 58, like these dummies going for a record. You know, like, all right, fucking knock the shit off. Uh, I don't know. Mm. We're not going to go into it, I guess. So, No. <laughs> I mean, what, what, can we, what can we say about the... Yeah. Guns, everyone. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's uh, let's look at that gun research. Oh wait, oh we can't. <laughs> um, so Luke is worried about you know how they address this on the show because um, because there are a lot of people that listen to this on a time delayed basis, i.e. the time bandits, and so mm-hmm. if people are listening to this weeks or months down the road, it would be kind of a weird, off-putting thing to have such a sad tone and a sad discussion when it's really become part of history but they decide that they really need to stay true to their feelings in the moment regardless of of how it might um, come off in the future and Andrew talks about a letter that uh, they received after the Pulse nightclub shooting and the letter writer was really uh, sad that they hadn't addressed it in any way and felt like um like they wanted luke and andrew to talk about it and they sort of felt like maybe tbdl wasn't as supportive of it as they they should have been and andrew says that really really affected him and um he doesn't want people to think that they don't care about this it's just that you know it's like is tbdl the best place to talk about this stuff they've had a variation on this conversation a number of times and and I thought Luke was very smart with what he said. He said people are bonded to them and want to hear their thoughts about world events, I guess. I guess the big one. I can understand that Luke is worried about, and Andrew to some extent as well, worried about time bandits, like like making these people sad because they're they're just dropping in or whatever. But that's not how time, the most time bad, banditing works for people. They are listening to every show, so... You know, this this show isn't going to 
particularly depress them. It's just it is of its time and they are going to listen to it in order usually. So, you know, I, if I were them, I wouldn't worry at all about that kind of thing because no. it's just this. They, people want to experience what they're experiencing through throughout the throughout time. And I don't know. And Luke says that they they want people to know that they feel too. It's, sure. And then they want to talk about fonts for a while. Right. Sure. <laughs> um, then Luke ends up talking about Renee Fleming for a while. I believe this was part of the donors of the day. Can I just say now so I don't have to say it five times this week? Oh, my God. They need to work on focusing during donors of the day. Uh-huh. Boy, oh, boy. There was not a segment that was less than 15 minutes this week of them wandering around in the middle of thanking all the donors. It was crazy. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about um, why those things are lasting so long. And I, um, I think part of it is that it's a segment that is that could be very rote. It mm-hmm. could be, you know, it could be dull because you could just say thank you to Anne and Mike and Meredith for their contributions throughout last year and we couldn't do it without you and blah, blah, blah. And it could be, excuse me, could be a two minute segment that's, excuse me, filled with throat clearing. But (laughs) um, I think they, they, you know, they, they are, they indulge the, the tangents because, because they don't want it to be dull. But I think they've gone too far. Mm-hmm. They probably have, but I, I got to say, if they're trying to keep us listening, I do. Like, I skip through the ads <laughs> a lot of the time, but I don't skip through donors of the day because oftentimes actual show content. topics come out and of Yeah, this. there's yeah. a lot yeah. of content in there. It's just that yeah. when Luke actually forgets by the end of the segment that they're yeah, thanking right. the donors. Oh, by the way, we're still in donors. Oh, You've gone right. too far if, you, <laughs> if you've forgotten that you're doing donors of the day. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I guess this came out because there was a a donor named David on the list. So Luke ends up calling him David number two. And that takes him into this story about when he was doing the gig with the Seattle Symphony a week or two ago. And one of the guests there was Renee Fleming, of whom he says, I guess you could say an opera singer. And I, I guess you could say. I almost threw my phone clear <laughs> across the room because I was like, Luke... <laughs> She's one of the most famous fucking opera singers in the world and an entire generation. <laughs> and you're like, I guess she's an opera singer. She's pretty good. <sighs> well, I, I, I have no idea about opera or who Renee Fleming was, but from inferring from the story and that everyone being terrified to laugh until she laughed, I gathered that she was probably one of the greatest of, you know, <laughs> She had to be one of the most respected people because it, yeah, because of the intimidation she held, the sway she held over the audience. Yes, and and this that was the story about how he referred to her as Renee Number Two because there was a mm-hmm. Renee Number One, and then he got really nervous until she laughed. And she, right. from what I've seen of her, she's pretty delightful. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not surprised that she has a good sense of humor. Um, then, oh, this was so charming. David said, oh yeah, I know Renee Fleming. She did a couple of songs on one of the Lord of the Rings soundtracks. <laughs> it's just great. Of and course she did. Of course. And he, he's rereading the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy uh, for what he says is maybe the seventh or eighth time. And that's not including all the times that Walter read them to him at as a bedtime 
deal. So then Andrew says that he needs help understanding a particular passage and he reads this sentence and David explains it in a way that makes it so much less comprehensible than it even was before. Like he adds so much detail that I started laughing. Uh, and Luke wants to know why he rereads it so much. What do you get out of it at this point? And uh, David says that the language is really great, but mostly that it's like it's like a blanket and something that really is comforting to go back to. Um, I guess like Gone with the Wind was for their sister Sarah, which is an odd choice, I will say. But uh, I wanted to know if there are any books or movies that you guys go back to from time to time because I reread most of the books that I have on a fairly regular basis and my mom was giving me a hard time about it once she's like you already know what's gonna happen why are you reading it again and I said why do you watch Air Force One every time it's on television on a Saturday afternoon oh that's yeah and she was like wow. oh point taken is that the Harrison Ford one uh-huh uh -huh. the Harrison Ford is the That's badass president. Yeah. yeah. He could That's do her worse. favorite movie. Yeah. I will watch, um, there's three movies I'll watch uh, an infinite number of times, and they are Beetlejuice, Rain Man, and the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm -hmm. um, I'll watch those anytime. I don't usually watch them on TV. I don't tend to flip around and just catch things on TV, but if, if there's an opportunity to watch one, I will do it. Uh, I will... Uh, I will read um, the Rabbit Run series from John Updike um, every few years or so in Confederacy of Dunces uh, by John Kennedy Toole, and those are pretty common, I think, for a lot of people reread those. And then um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, I think, is, <laughs> is a movie that I will, if I catch, you know, doesn't matter where I am, I'm, it's a remote dropper. I have a rabbit-related book in that I reread Watership Down at least once a year, which I think is one of the most beautiful uh, books of all time. And no, it's not actually about Rabbit's dad, even though rabbits are the main characters. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I would say that the movie that I go back to over and over again is A Fish Called Wanda, which I think is mm. one of the funniest movies ever made. And I don't understand why Luke and Andrew don't have a million drops from that movie because yeah. it's made for it. What what drop would you would you have them play if you could send one in? And you can, Anne. Oh, no, want. I can't. I don't ask me to make that Sophie's choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they do play drops from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, so I can't I yeah. can't complain. There's one where uh, Kevin Klein is trying to psych himself up to make an apology. Uh, to John Cleese, mm -hmm. and so he's practicing it in the car, and he's going, I'm very, very, very fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there's yeah. the part where he just yells, asshole! Out the window of the car. <laughs> yeah, when you're watching that movie, it does occur to you that, like at least ten times, like, oh yeah, you could isolate that. That'd be pretty mm -hmm. amazing. It's priceless. All right, let's move on to the top story, which is this SNL sketch with Ryan Gosling over the weekend that was making fun of the person who decided to use papyrus as the main font for the movie Avatar. Um, yeah, good, good choice, guys. 
Um, before we start into this discussion, I would like to register my strenuous objection again to Andrew refusing to do the prep before the segment. Yeah. He made a it's point so weird. of saying that he didn't watch the sketch. And he said before, because he wants to come at it with fresh eyes and, you know, make a judgment in the moment. But what that turns into is four minutes of him, oh, well, of us listening to him, listen to Luke playing the sketch and stopping it to explain yeah. what's going on. And I just think yeah. it's not useful. He just needs to get on that and watch it. And I understand what he's trying to do, but it's it's not working, Andrew. Uh, so, but anyway, the sketch is right on the mark. It's that who... It's mm-hmm. funny. Who was being paid what I assume is a considerable amount of money to work on a giant movie uh, and chose papyrus as the font. Well, what's particularly vexing though, is that it, is that um, if it, if the, if it bothers you, if that font bothers you, the success of the film has to like irk you. It has to get under your skin even more because it's like one of the most successful films of all time. And you're like, it didn't seem to hurt it. No, not at all. It just shows such a, for it. such a complete lack of imagination mm-hmm. is what it was. So much money. That whole sketch was great. And that whole show was really good. Him mm-hmm. turning over the turning over the coffee table in the in the yeah. his therapist's <laughs> office is my favorite part of that sketch. And it's it's really a big it's a long standing joke now among anybody that does graphic design about what a terrible terrible I, I no, it's a great font. It's just so overused. Because it's attractive, mm. and so people have used it for everything, as pointed out in the sketch. And uh, my brother has a degree in graphic design, the one who's in art. He has a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Drawing and Painting, and then my mom was like, yeah, you need something practical, too. So he has a degree in, in graphic design, and uh, anytime you go past any storefront or any sign or anything that uh, has papyrus as its font, he goes crazy because it bothers him so much. So this sketch is really rooted in some some it isn't just the idea of one person. This this is a thing. Papyrus no. is well hated throughout the community. It's totally a thing. Okay, for okay. sure. Now, is it hated more or less than Comic Sans? Ooh, because I've no. That's the font that I would think of. That's my default. Like that's a bad font. Mm-hmm. But I think no nobody's using that for like marketing a Yankee candle or anything like that. I mean, that would be pretty funny if they did. <laughs> so I think papyrus is, is being used commercially. So I yeah, think, that's I think comic why. sans is primarily for break room. Right. Notes. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's yeah. That stupid, that stupid lady who works four cubicles over, you know, stop stealing my yogurt. Yeah. Gene. Yeah. She's not writing in papyrus, but, but people are selling products with papyrus still. Yeah. And Luke is trying to really sort of put his finger on the problem with Papyrus and Comic Sans. And he says, it's because they're too, and David says, too loud and too specific, which I thought was the best <laughs> spoof of the whole show. <laughs> and then there was just a lot more about fonts. And judging from the Stens page, we have a lot of font nerds. And I wish you joy of it. It's, there's only so much that I can take myself. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Andrew's favorite font being Gaudi Heavyface, and that was a pretty good spoof. I like, I like that Gaudi Heavyface. <laughs> but it's a real font, Mike. 
It is. Yeah. I thought it was like bold face. I'm was, not sure if that's a spoof. I know. Was it heavy face? I thought it was like bold face. I don't no, know. No, it's heavy face. I looked it up. Oh, uh, well, I think I know why Andrew chose it. And it <laughs> <laughs> he yep. has a lot of face. In uh, emails for the day, we get one from Nigel on the subject of the um, texting and driving laws and the one finger phone touching that Luke was trying to mm-hmm. uh, define. And he does clarify that it's for brief actions. It's not for like texting, typing out text messages like with only one finger at a time. It's like if you want to hit the next on your Spotify or something, not for actually. No, if you want to do your anything. book proposal, well, as long as you have your phone mounted. And you're only using one finger. You can do your book proposal. Oh, or, sure. You know, fire off some emails. To some <laughs> yeah. And Andrew dislikes that he says his new car full of technology limif- limits his Spotify functionality while the car is moving because mm-hmm. sometimes he's the passenger in the car and he wants to be able to make playlists on the fly, you know, when the spirit moves him while he's a passenger and so he doesn't like being limited in that way and luke says he just lies to ways and tells it that he's a passenger so oh i do that all the time of course of course uh then they get an email from alex on the subject of garbage collection uh alex says that people throw dog poop into trash cans in their did we ever find out if Alex is a man or a woman in his or her? No, I think they debated and they weren't yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's a female. I'm Facebook friends with Alex and Alex in New York. That's a, that's a 10. And, and she has been, she has written into the show before. All right. Well, I'll go with the female. Probably. Pronoun then. Alex is yeah. probably. And I think is... she might even be an LRB listener. Oh, hi, Alex. Yeah, so Alex's really. problem is that uh, when the trash cans are at curb for pickup, after the pickup has occurred, people deposit their bags of dog poop in there. And is this okay or not? Uh, oh, this is just a prime TBTL topic. And in fact, I think they've had this mm-hmm. conversation on some level before. Uh, Luke says that he's done this many, 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 many times. And he says, but it still makes him nervous whenever he does it. And I said, it's because you know it's wrong, Luke. I can get into putting the dog poop in a full trash can that's about to be picked up, but I think putting a bag of dog poop into somebody's empty trash can that's not going to get picked up for another week is not acceptable. It's not my dog. I shouldn't have to deal with the poop. Just because it's in a plastic bag that's been tied doesn't mean the odors are not going to come out. And where I live, it's required. We have to pull our trash cans into the garage. So I don't want poop in my garage. Mm. Fair enough. Meredith, I, I, I've, I've put poop in empty trash cans. Have you done it? Um, I don't. I try not to. So um, we don't. Eddie doesn't seem to like walks, so I actually haven't walked him in, in a long time. But when we had Molly, she loved him, and she would often go on walks. And I would just carry it for the mm-hmm. most part. There was one time where a house down the street was under construction, and I lobbed it into a huge dumpster that was full. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel too bad about that because I knew that no one person was going to have to come face-to-face with no, it. Oh, that's fine. Um, I mean, I tied it and stuff, but that that I, even then I kind of looked around like, did anybody see <laughs> right. that? So I, I'll just carry it. And, and she was a big dog, and sometimes she'd go twice, and I would carry that all the way home. Mm-hmm. It's not fun, but that's part of having a dog. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't okay. buy a dog. Wash your hands. Why do I have to deal with yeah. poop? Yeah. Because I put it in your trash can. <laughs> well, yes. 
And Luke's big idea is that you can just put a note on the top of your can telling, saying, please don't deposit oh, sure. here. Yeah, that's, that's going to solve the problem, pink Luke. Ink, okay. Pink ink. <laughs> Comic Sans pink ink. That'll work. Um, I had every intention of listening to the no point conversion carefully and taking good notes. Um, but I didn't. There was some talk <laughs> about it was so long. Okay, so here's I see the your thing. notes. You took notes. <laughs> blah blah blah. Yeah. That covers it. So we've been talking about how great it would be to have somebody who actually has mm-hmm. football knowledge to be on the no point conversion. And so David was on great, specifically the person that we've been asking for. And what I realized is this was probably so wonderful for people who like and understand football. But for people like me who are uninterested in football, it was so much detail. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had no possibility of following any of that. Oh, I get you. I see what you're saying. I I enjoyed it, and but it did make me want to, because I do understand what David's talking about. And it made me want to hear David talk about football with some other people who knew about football Mm -hmm. so it didn't solve the problem (laughs) for me entirely this is still a one-legged tripod yeah 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 so what about the thing where they were talking about a team's identity does that make sense to you about how a team that has to decide on what their identity is over the course of a season it it does make sense um it is it is something yeah, I'll, I'll just say it, do, it does make sense because I, I would love to talk about that with David, but mm-hmm. everyone would be bored to tears. <laughs> and um, surprise, surprise, the Browns lost. See, that's part of the no point conversion that I understand. The Browns yeah. are bad. It will really stick out if they when they finally win. Mm-hmm. All right, so unless you have anything else that you want to add for the no point conversion, Mike, uh, I'll be done with it. Uh. No, no. But I do want to lobby for a name change still. Mm-hmm. TBTL Extra Pointless <laughs> is the one that I always wanted and never got. Yeah, that's good. All right, we'll go to Tuesday, 2481, The Wreck of the Corsairs of Umbar. Uh, Andrew sent Luke this clickbait story uh, where supposedly Ashton Kutcher said some things about Bellingham, Washington. Um, and I saw that floating around the Stens page. Uh, definitely fake. How, <laughs> sure how, Ashton Kutcher doesn't does know guy, anything. How does a guy like Andrew, who prides himself, prides himself on Yeah, he is out, so skeptical. How does this get by him when I was halfway through the headlining of fake? Yeah. That is just like a celebrity name says blank about city and furthermore yeah, you know, those are all over the place why would we be excited about anything ashton kutcher thinks about no, anything yeah. <laughs> yeah about anything yeah unless i were friends with ashton kutcher and asking him about hey where do i go in bellingham for a cup of coffee you know that's the guy that's the one person in the world that w- should care about what he has to say about bellingham not the world in general right um, and then they talk a little bit about um, stupid websites that claim to be satire, but they're just making things up. I think those are insidious and dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get fooled by obvious satire. And when those things are just lies, you know, it's Yeah, it's you impossible. scare the hell out of your, you know, Aunt Lydia when you tell her the narrow right. bridge collapsed when she, when she lives on the peninsula, you know, and she yeah. has a doctor's appointment in Tacoma tomorrow. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's not satire. That's just being a dick. 
yeah, that's not funny. Satire is 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 funny and insightful, and mm-hmm. those are just lies. Yeah, um, yeah. The satire. The perfect example of satire is uh, the onion. The onion headline that they that they keep putting out every time there's a mass shooting. And so, yes. So <laughs> this, uh, this can't be pre- prevented. Says the only country where this consistently where this happens. ever happens. <laughs> right. Yes. It's fantastic. Uh, and then we go right into a donor thank you that turns into a long diversion about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> what brought Lord of the Rings to top of mind other than David being there? I don't know. I really lost the thread. I think somebody said something and then they brought it back to David and then it came to Lord of the Rings. But I really couldn't keep track of how that happened. Luke wants the twins to beat the Yankees, which we find out later is not going to happen. I would just mm-hmm. like to say, if I may... Anybody that has spent any time watching the Twins play the Yankees know that that's not going to happen. Never. The the Twins are never going to beat the Yankees. He didn't sound especially hopeful. I think he was just wishful thinking. The Yankees are Twins kryptonite. Well, if you're a Mariners fan, I mean, we same sort of thing has happened to us on a lesser scale with the Yankees. So it's um, we feel you. (laughs) We feel you. I don't remember which came first, the talk about mead or honey. Uh, Andrew apparently has mead in his fridge, and then Luke mentions that he did an interview with Evening Magazine for Livewire, but it turned into a piece somehow about Ron Upshaw's beekeeping operation. Let me ask you guys, how long do you, are you required to keep mead in your fridge before you throw it out? I mean, <laughs> if you're going to so drink gross. the mead, if you're going to drink the mead that somebody gives you, you drink it like that day, right? But I once guess. it's been in your fridge and you've made a decision not to drink it immediately... It's got to go, right? I've been worried lately that this is the new hipster alcohol trend because mm-hmm. there is an actual little mead store in, I think it's in Dallas now, and I saw a line out the out the door for it. If it were any good, wouldn't it have <laughs> caught on a long time ago? <laughs> I've had it. I had some in Ireland for the first time, and it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. Too sweet, not good. Well, why are we going stomach. back to medieval drinks? I mean, haven't we I evolved? I know. They did that because there were no water safety standards. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Like, once we invented, like, sparks with alcohol in it, you know, why Why right. are we going back? Why are we going backwards to mead? Why bother? Yeah. Um, top story, apparently, is that <laughs> I think they got immediately sidetracked after they did top story sounder. Uh, Luke talks about how the TSA is going to start requiring people to remove stuff like audio equipment from their bags. So Luke got a fancy Toomey backpack, but it has some weird embroidery on it. And it says Republic Records, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I might hmm. call them about that. I probably would too. But he talks about how he wants to go to Joanne Fabric <laughs> and somehow fashion a loop for his skateboard <laughs> so it can be attached to his backpack. I haven't... Uh, Emily brought this up because I, I couldn't resist telling her that Luke was trying to tote his skateboard around. Um, she she said, haven't people with backpacks been toting their skateboards around somehow without special, you know, adaptations yes. to their backpacks forever? I guess so. I don't know how they do. I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it a ton, but I don't know how they do it. They don't have to go to Joanne Fabrics. They don't have to go to Joanne Fabrics. He also wants to just get some sort of embroidery or some sort of like iron on to cover up that embroidery. Well, it's embroidery. You can take it out. Yeah. Why why is there embroidery on, I assume, I mean, from what I know, Toomey is an expensive brand of of bag. 
Why is there embroidery on it? It sounds like he had a store credit that he had to use. And I wonder if they just sent him someone's return. Hmm. Oh, right. Like someone's... <laughs> like personalized <laughs> mistake bag. <Yeah. laughs> sounds pretty cool. Republic Records. That sounds all right. Yeah. Yeah, we learn a little bit about that. Um, turns out they have Enigma and Suzanne Vega on their mm-hmm. <laughs> on their label, and then we talk about Tom's Diner again, uh, and how that's uh, the the diner in Seinfeld, right? Yeah, supposedly Monk, something like that. Monks uh, is Tom's is the actual diner. Monks is what they called it. Anyway, yeah, I got so right. lost during that discussion. I was like, "What is happening?" It really wandered. Yeah. Uh, And then we get to the actual top story, which is, of course, talking more about Tom Petty's death. um, And they talk about how they prefer his new music, which came out in 1994. (laughs) That's a thing. I identify with that. It's hard to it's hard to imagine that being 23 years ago for me, too. I still think of that as like 10 years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I still I mean, to me, it feels like yesterday that I was collecting all his music in the late 70s and early 80s. And he he and the heartbreakers i mean that music meant a lot to me and i i've probably spent more money on going to tom petty concerts and and on his um and on his records than any other artist um this was back when i liked music and <laughs> yeah, i i had a, a hard time dealing with it in fact until like friday afternoon i just was not dealing with it and then i finally sat down and i you know watched watched uh, you know read some news reports and and uh, started listening to some some music and i i sort of checked out on tom petty and music pretty much in general in the er- early to mid 90s but you know as a as a uh, a white kid who i i hated most music throughout my life let's face it um, when I found an artist that I really liked, I zeroed in and, and really, and really, I don't know. I, I, I'll just tell a, uh, one quick story. If I haven't already told it, I, I, I may have, but, um, my girlfriend in college, she was a huge Tom Petty fan too. And part of us like getting together was, you know, we would sit in my room and listen to to Tom Petty albums and our first our first kiss in fact our first in, encounter romantic encounter, encounter of any kind was we had been we had been you know sitting in my room and I was I guess ignoring a lot of signals <laughs> and if she only she would make d- a move <laughs> she was living she down massages your back <laughs> she was living down the hallway because in it was like the summer after my sophomore year I think and we had women living in our fraternity in the summertime. We would rent out rooms to, to ladies because that kind of helped us with our rush efforts. That sounds dangerous. As well, because there would always be ladies around when we were rushing um, potential kids to come in. So she was living down the hallway with, with – um, and her roommate was a, a girl that my mom always wanted me to get together with, and I never did. So we'd been listening to Tom Petty, and we'd said goodnight. And my my door was still open and I, you know, I put on another album and she came back in and she closed the door and, you know, we started kissing Ooh. and, you know, things happened. Right. So that's a that's a memory that's burned in for me. And 
the flip side of that is our our song was the waiting because she it was kind of making fun of me for not picking up <laughs> on the signals, you know. So, mm-hmm. so like that turned into our song. The waiting is the hardest part, right? So this fast forward to like three or four years later, we've broken up a couple times, and we're back together. And there's another Tom Petty. I think Tom Petty and um, Bob Dylan were coming to the Tacoma Dome, and we bought tickets. And we bought like. A group of us bought tickets because a lot of my friends were Tom Petty fans too, of course, because you love to, you know, you're, I'm in my own echo chamber, right? So uh, we have tickets and then we break up again. But we both, we decide we're going to go. So we go and we pre-function and we're not really talking. You know, she's friends with my friends, obviously. And 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 her a couple of her friends are there. And... um. But we're not really talking. It's not like uh, hate, uh, but it's like awkward. So mm-hmm. we stay on the opposite ends of this is probably a 12 to 15 person party. It's general mission, I think, but we got there pretty early. So we're we're not far back and it's bent. There's just like this these long benches and we're we're standing up. Uh, we're standing up. And then when the waiting comes on, everyone gets excited and like, then we're stand up on the benches and uh I'm just crying, right? And I lean Aww. back and I see her on the complete other end of this bench from you know, with all of the people between us and she's crying too. And it was you know, I still think about that a lot. It's Aww. so there there are moments and there are times that Tom Petty has made me cry even before he died. I still haven't listened to that song again because I'll just be a wreck. This is why you hate music, Mike. <laughs> it's too much. Music is too much for me. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's that's one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. It's too emotional. I can't go back and listen to this shit. Well, this is all even harder for me, but I've always really liked his music and it seems very timeless to me but then hearing Luke and Andrew talk about what a decent human being he was I didn't know any of that I didn't know anything about his house burning down and how he would battle about the album prices and the in the I'm sure that um his concerts were reasonably priced and and that's just a really sweet thing when when he didn't care about money I'm sure at that point Mm -hmm. like he was a zillionaire well he's a Um, he's a he the thing about him is he's he's just a dude. He's a guy that you'd have over to your house. He's the guy that you would always like talking to or whatever. But he just happens to be an amazing musician. Mm-hmm. So that's what I always liked about him is just he's just a guy. He wasn't a rock star. He's just just a guy who happened to be great at something. Yeah, and it sounds like he had a pretty rough childhood from Florida. Yeah. Um, but that time he got to meet Elvis <laughs> was formative for him. <laughs> It's a very sweet story. Yep. And I thought that one of the things that, that Luke and Andrew missed a little bit, because they were talking about musicians touring and why they continue to tour and making money. And I thought the reason when you get down to it that musicians tour is because they love to make music. It's not about all the money and whatever they... Oh, I thought you were going to say money. No, it's not about the money at all. And I think that Tom Petty probably exemplified that, is that it was clearly not about the money for him. 
Yeah, I like to perform. Mm-hmm. Eddie likes it too. <laughs> there's a there's a video that I watched on Friday afternoon uh, that talked about um it, it was a really weird thing. It was a it was a video of Gary Shandling coming over to Tom Petty's house, and they were they were friends, and he used to appear on the Gary Shandling show a lot, and they they were talking about Shandling had just come back from doing some big stand up performance somewhere, and they were talking about how all day they would be worried about and and pacing around and and you know anxious about how the performance would go and then hours and hours after the performance pacing around not able to come down you yep. know because mm-hmm. they were so mm-hmm. jazzed up by so keyed up. yeah keyed up and and it was uh if you can find that Tom Petty and Gary Shanley it's like a 20 minute video of them just chatting at his house and and you get a real good sense of what a good dude he is for some weird reason, Luke starts to wonder if he could ever beat Michael Jackson in a game of basketball. Michael Jordan. I think he could beat Michael Jackson. Michael ja- <laughs> Michael Jordan. I think yeah. I think uh, I just wrote MJ and that's who I think of as MJ. Meredith and Ann, both by being by virtue of being taller than five two. I think both of you could beat Michael could have beaten Michael Jackson at basketball at any time. Yeah, that's true. He seemed a little frail. He was at the very end. small, yes. Michael Jordan. And so they talk about it like if maybe one of them, if, if Jordan was in a wheelchair, yeah. or if he was 80 <laughs> and Luke was 62, <laughs> I still don't think he could ever beat him. No. no. No, probably not. What a weird thing to talk about right after Tom Petty. And then next up is this Daryl Hammond story. Um, he uh, was uh, switched out on the KFC gig and then the Trump impression on SNL. And there was an article, I forget which magazine, but about how devastated he was by this. He It seemed to really hit him hard that he lost these gigs. Uh, and it sounds like he's had a really a rough life too. Um, maybe not the best coping mechanisms, but this was, it made me kind of sad for Daryl Hammond. I don't know. I, boy, he's really putting it out there on this in a way that I find to be extremely strange. Is he more out there than, than any celebrity? I mean, out there with his feelings about his career and I mean, I can't think of anybody who I can't remember. Well, there's Kanye, Kanye? but that's different. Yeah. Well, yeah. But him airing his grievances about this and, and how it totally destroyed him to lose these jobs. He's still got plenty of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. It's not like he's homeless. Not that you're not allowed to, to be upset about losing a job, of course. Um, but it, I, I, in the back of my head, I was thinking this seems like a bit of an overreaction, but it, it does sound like he's got some psychiatric problems. Right. On a totally practical sense, if I were a potential employer, um, I would see these and think this guy may not be that stable. I don't know if I want to hire yeah. him. Right. It sounds like drama waiting to happen. They mm-hmm. should have tiptoed away from him a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It seems like. Yeah. They talk a lot about SNL. Um, Andrew, of course, was not allowed to watch it as a child <laughs> because he had a very strict upbringing. Um, and he mentioned something during this discussion that he thought it was a little bit pathetic that Dana Carvey keeps doing the church lady. Uh, when Dana Carvey was coming back onto the scene a couple of years ago. I don't know. That's just playing the hits. Everyone loves the church lady. Right. And it's not like he's everywhere doing the church lady all the time. I mean, no. when he hosted SNL, whenever, was he hosting or was he on? I don't remember. Recently, and he reprised the church lady. Of course he's going to do that on SNL when he comes yes. back. He's going to be Garth and he's going to be the church lady yeah. and everyone's going to cheer. I, I think part of it is um, it's on us because... We 
imitated those characters so much, you know, as a whole. I'm not saying I did Mm -hmm. or you did or Anne imitated, but these characters were imitated by people in our lives so much that uh, it's it's cringeworthy when when he does it, you know, and that's not really his fault. It's kind of our fault. Like if if um, um, Mike Myers comes back and starts doing what's the character swing or something yeah the austin or powers or he's doing yeah whatever it's oh, like behave it's oh, behave it's yeah. our fault <laughs> because we w- we wouldn't leave that shit alone yeah my dad still says isn't that special <laughs> in the church lady mm-hmm. voice and he still thinks it's hilarious yeah and, you, and you're cringing right because <laughs> a little yeah it'd be like if i walked around saying my wife <laughs> yeah still it's like okay i could get into that you get it i don't know maybe that's come back around to being funny but uh, that'll be short-lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last topic of the day is that mad pooper in Colorado Springs. They still haven't caught her despite having multiple pictures and putting her on TV. And Luke says that when they put people on TV, they always get caught. Mike, what do you think about that? No, it's not true. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. I've been on, I've been on TV. They never, they never caught me. Yep. Um, retired, undefeated as a bad person. Let's go to Wednesday, 2482. Nobody said that. Andrew has a uh, stress dream. I, I can't remember. Was this the one about the potato chips or is that just one he tweeted yeah, about? Yeah, chips on his floor, people eating oh, right, potato right. chips and messing up his clean floor. And it led to Luke talking about his stress dream about forgetting his equipment and probably a well-deserved stress dream about his iPhone. I mean, this is a guy who's like really super up to date on technology and always wants to have the latest, yet he has a cracked iPhone and he's having a stress dream about needing to use it to record like some, um, you know, like we've had to do stuff before when our mics haven't worked, you know, and you have to work out to do something with your phone or whatever, but his phone is disintegrating, (laughs) which I think is, is pretty great. Um, Mm -hmm. Good job. Good job on Luke's dark brain for coming up with a good stress dream that he <laughs> probably deserves. He should get a state-of-the-art case, perhaps. I mean, that might be a good next purchase for his phone. Right. He just seems like <clears throat> a guy in his position should should have the latest technology. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I bet you could actually record a show on an Apple Watch if you needed to. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you wouldn't look crazy at all, either. No, no. Um, Luke is doing a day trip. They're doing an early morning recording because, well, what turns out not to be a day trip, but he's trying to do a day trip to Portland to record a music show with um, some really famous, great musicians. And he gets, I mean, I was proud of him. Excuse me. This is the throat clearing edition of LRB. (laughs) But I was proud of him for laying down a law. like saying, I'm going to bed at 10. And... Mm -hmm. If we're going to record this tomorrow, I need to know that it's a go or I'm going to sleep in and I'm not going to go get on an early morning flight to go to Portland. But uh, we'll find out that that uh, that show went through and and went great. Um, Carrie has not seen Waiting for Guffman and Luke is now playing scenes for her and resisting the urge to a mouth along the lines or uh, give away the 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 lines in advance did we do our guffman show i can't even remember i thought we had we had someone who wanted to do a waiting for guffman show was that farnan oh i did it yeah it was me and bobby i mm-hmm. think oh okay and i watched it for the first With time caleb right for that show 
Oh, yeah, right, Caleb. right, 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 right. Caleb. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so good. Yeah. Andrew's Andrew's right to be jealous of Carrie having not seen it because that's a treat waiting out there for her. And I think it's kind of right up her alley with her sense of humor. So I hope Luke doesn't watch it with her. Oh, no. <laughs> I think that would be terrible. He would ruin it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, something that uh, slipped by Luke and I don't I don't know how. Maybe it maybe it is something that is normal, but Andrew talked about when he's walking by and Veeves is watching Batman. Does this happen? <laughs> I know what wh- I don't understand. Why would Genevieve be watching Batman? <laughs> like, like that to, to me, the, I equate that to like Emily put these nice ramps, you know, in in the house so I can get from the down part of the house, not downstairs, but there's like, you know, there's an elevation. Like if I wheeled out of here after we record and I, and I'm wheeling past the living room where she's sitting and she's watching Batman. No, she's not. (laughs) What? What? There's a time when Veeves is watching Batman. You got to go take her temperature and make sure she's okay. It's gotta be some Stockholm syndrome thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. She just happens to be watching Batman. Um, I don't know how that got by Luke. That was my biggest disappointment in Luke for the week. It was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> She's watching Batman. Um, Luke uh, tried to watch some of the new Will and Grace. Are you guys Will and Grace fans? Or did you try watch the new one? What? I liked it mm-hmm. when it was on. I've heard not great things about the new one. I haven't seen it yet. Is it on network? I or? watched. Yeah, it's on NBC. I watched the okay. pilot of it. It's, I mean... No, it's Will and Grace. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I used to watch watch it. Um, I mean, I didn't seek it out, but I would watch it when it came on. It was a very funny mm-hmm. show back in the day. Um, and it seems seems like a good time for it to come back, given given the climate, <laughs> right. the political climate. It seems like there's mm-hmm. – we need some shows, is what <laughs> I'm saying. We need some shows that are going to really rip into these assholes. So – then they just start reviewing some sitcoms, and Larry David's appearance in the shower is criticized. And I can only imagine. I don't. He's just. He's an awkwardly built man. <laughs> he's very. He's elderly. And I know from looking in, in the mirror lately, you know, as you get older, things are less flattering. And uh, Larry David is much older than me. So um, good on him for being brave enough to. Have a shower scene at his age and appear as the crone in um, <laughs> in The Shining. Right. <laughs> that was really descriptive. I enjoyed that. Top story: the embattled uh, Prime Minister Theresa May in um, England makes a disastrous speech. This is this was some really weird audio because not only was she like struggling and not making a lot of sense, but um, the person that came up and tried to give her the letter saying, you know, she was sacked or fired, the pink slip, the British pink slip or whatever they use, was just not the right person for the job. It's <laughs> no. <laughs> was it supposed to be a joke or a statement or something? I think it was supposed to be, yeah, like an opposition party statement or, yeah. but if you're going to do something like that, you know, you need to assert yourself. I I don't, you know, just being an American, you know that like this nonsense wouldn't have, none of this nonsense would have been happening at all. As soon as someone was approaching whoever was speaking, 
you know. Oh, they would have gotten tackled. Right. Shot. Instead yeah. of like four times, the person's like, excuse me. Excuse me. me this letter. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, hey, guys. Uh, Could we maybe not? Maybe, yeah. I'm already struggling. <laughs> well, so that, that illustrates guy. the uh, difference between... Uh, gun laws in the United States and Britain, right there. <laughs> yeah, and I did right, a little right. research. It's charming. I started thinking to myself, well, okay, so how many times has the British Prime Minister been assassinated? And I think there was one attempt, maybe, but never succeeded. Mm-hmm. And then I looked up assassination attempts on American presidents. Did you know that there have been fifteen assassination attempts with four wow. successes? Fifteen. So no Guns, wonder everybody. we're a little weird about that Guns. stuff. I know. Guns. Um, what was there was a really good one in here. Oh, somebody tried Ford, obviously Reagan, Jimmy. Oh, this one from Jimmy Carter is amazing. Somebody named Raymond Lee Harvey, which is weird in and of itself, trying to shoot him mm-hmm. with a, a starter's pistol. Um, and then he implicated somebody else in the crowd who admitted, <laughs> who admitted that he and Harvey had been hired to create a diversion for two Mexican hitmen who planned to kill Carter with rifle shots. What? Jeez. So this kind of shit doesn't happen in England, and that's why they don't know how to that's keep why they someone back. That person yeah. Well, yeah. I might believe them if they fired the starter pistol into the air, but if they fired the pistol <laughs> at Jimmy Carter, then I'm not as likely to believe their story. Uh, th- then mm. I would just be thinking they don't know what a starter pistol <laughs> is yeah. or does. But I'm sure it got everyone running. So, you know, it did its purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm. The Yankee uh, catcher in the in the baseball game. Uh, did you watch the game, Ann, by the mm-hmm. way? Did okay, not. well, why would I bother? I, did, and I, I know w- what the outcome was. Uh, <laughs> you knew what was going to happen, mm-hmm. but uh, I watched it purely for entertainment purposes, and it was it was very funny in the moment to watch the Yankee pitcher react to the foul tip that hit his catcher directly in the yam bag. Mm-hmm. He had all the, he had all the right reactions, <laughs> but uh, but there's not much to that story. No, um, except. <laughs> Luke wanted to know if, if Andrew was watching the Minnesota Twins uh New York Yankees baseball game on TV and and there was just no way that the answer to that question was ever going to be yes cuz Andrew barely understands Mariners baseball so I doubt he's watching anyone else play baseball and he also didn't seem to understand how his TV worked or how to tune into the game <laughs> And if it was important to him, he would have found it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if right. I'm looking for the Seahawks game and I know it's on TV, I'm not going to, like, turn on And if it's not on the channel I'm watching, you know? If it's not on CNBC, you know, where I was last watching Shark Tank. Oh, I guess the Seahawks I game isn't off. on. <laughs> no, dude, it's just not on CNBC. Uh, there's a voicemail about uh, the poopy trash. Um, Alex uh, email from earlier in the week. And it was a good point. Say, open open the trash, and if it's a full trash, hasn't been emptied by the sanitation engineers yet, just drop it in there. But if it's empty, don't do it. And and I thought yeah. that's good advice for me because I've dropped it in both and and hadn't thought about it. But uh, yeah, probably the full trash, and then if it's empty, keep walking until I can find a, a construction 
dumpster like Meredith. <laughs> but but Meredith, I was thinking about that because you know we had so much construction going on around that house in Kyle. People would uh, come around after hours and go through those dumpsters for scraps. Mm. So yeah, they they they're getting they they get the pleasure of some poops because right. I know um, uh, I've I've thrown stuff in those dumpsters too. But I, but then I but then when we were in Kyle, I was like, oh look, they have to go in there. Well, they're they know the hazards yep. of that job, mm-hmm. the biohazards of the job. <laughs> But uh, that's all I have for Wednesday. I'm just glad I got a chance to talk and stop crying so much. <laughs> well, get your tissues out because it's still Trucktober. Yes. Ugh. Thursday, 2483 Schrodinger's Browns. There's still some pretty good Trucktober spoofs going on on the Stens page. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Worth checking out. I usually spent all of Trucktober training for the Toyotathon. <laughs> smart um luke recaps the concert in portland and it sounds like it was a ton of really awesome artists um just quickly learning how to play tom petty songs together which i would love to see and luke uh uh covertly not so covertly taped them with his phone in a camera-free zone yeah i can't wait for the all this stuff to come out this is great yeah i just saw a list of youtube videos of people covering Tom Petty songs this week. Mm-hmm. And Mike, you probably shouldn't look at oh, it. Oh, God. Well, um, I, I'll, I'll be able to look at it for about 10 seconds, and then uh, my vision is completely you'll, yeah, impaired by my tears. Flooded. Um, but that one is on there. Uh, somebody from the crowd also taped it, so he oh, wasn't the only one. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Andrew and Veeves are celebrating the year 100th uh, after these messages, which is not an anniversary. It's <laughs> not how anniversaries work. <laughs> Basically has the word year in the name. Uh, it's a milestone that's based on basically nothing. Uh, and then we learned that TBTL is going to be on the radio in Rochester, New York. They're going to be on WXXI. And I don't understand. <laughs> I I love it. <laughs> I love it that this station just just blindly took it. It's like, well, we got a lot of we got a lot of holes in the <laughs> in our programming. Well, they must. I mean, how's so TBTL is a anywhere from like 50 minutes to two and a half hours they don't break at specific points i don't think for commercials right like they're gonna how are they gonna fix the show so that it works on the radio for everybody i think it's a they made a 30 minute show from what i thought i gathered from listening they made a 30 minute show and it's a it's a public radio so that one show is going to be on the radio Mm -hmm. yeah Okay, that makes a little more sense. Um, so, well, that'll be interesting, and I'm looking forward to hearing this Halloween show. Uh, we did get a, uh, uh, during the donor thank yous, they thanked uh, our uh, podcast buddy, Amy Shepard, over that terrible music. I don't even know if you could call it music. Did that make you cry, Mike, that sound, <laughs> that horrible sound? Uh, no, that uh, that dries my eyes completely yeah. in fact to okay. an awful point that's an antidote yeah that's good uh we did get a good throw your phone from listener bet who says when andrew made and then played that loop of the sound i still can't hear before the easy listening music i wanted to throw my phone so hard i kept saying no 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 then andrew said i bet the listeners are hating this and i said yes stop <laughs> that's yeah. an accurate they assessment. say that a lot he's got to give they do he's say i bet give the listeners hate this. I, I have, nobody heard it but you just yeah give it up yeah, he's a little obsessed with these things, mm-hmm. and I think he's the only one, yep. unfortunately. 
Uh, Luke starts to complain about KUOW's app. Um, they're pushing their podcasts, and Luke doesn't want to listen to podcasts. <laughs> he wants to listen to a live radio stream, and he can't find it. Uh, and every time he's trying to find the right link or the right button, he pushes something else, and he gets some other weird podcast. I've had that problem with uh, radio apps. Yeah. Because I think, well, if you if you want to go back a little bit, um, radio station websites were probably some of the worst websites. Yes. In they the were glorified world. MySpace pages. Oh my God. The busiest, worst, you know, you there's no negative space on the page. So God forbid mm-hmm. your finger touch anything because then you're down some advertiser rabbit hole because what what they used to do is they would promise every advertiser, oh, you're going to get a lot of web mm-hmm. presence. <laughs> so any advertiser that they ever had, in fact, many that they don't even have anymore but haven't taken off the website, would just dominate. So I think what's happening is, you know, now everyone has to have an app. Every radio station has to have an app, public radio stations included. And they're very busy. And you can, yeah, especially if you're trying to drive, Luke, and you're using more than one mm. finger on that thing trying to find you know you're you're trying to you know go find what bill's talking about live uh it's tough it's tough and it's only going to get tougher i have bad news for you radio station apps are going to get worse yeah and uh sounds like the websites aren't getting much better because cairo now wants you to register and give your all this information that's way too much information yeah, that's to get crazy to get into their dumb website right no one's going to do that they're going to see their web traffic plummet i'm sure right we already we can find Golf Man without you. Don't worry. You don't <laughs> yeah. need to collect that information. Bobby's already yeah. found him. Right. Long time ago. Yeah. Um Tim, listener Tim wrote on the No Point Conversion Facebook page something about there's a new Wu Tang song and Method Man is wearing Mariner's gear in it. But uh no one can figure out why. He doesn't really seem to have much of a connection to Seattle or the Mariners at all. Yeah. That's a mystery. The 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 a lot of rappers wear a lot of athletic gear and need Putting yeah. putting meaning on it, you know. I don't know. It's cool. You probably just liked how it looked. Right. It's a cool jersey. I'm just happy we have a cool enough jersey because our jerseys used to suck. It's like as cool as if Ashton Kutcher had said something about Bellingham. Yes. <laughs> right. And just as meaningful. <laughs> yeah. Um, top story for today is that a drunk old man in Casper, Wyoming, was arrested uh, for being extremely drunk in public, and he invented a story about why he's so drunk. And he claimed to be a time traveler from, what, 2048? Coming back to 2018 to warn us about aliens. And uh, he miss he, he overshot or undershot, I don't know, I guess overshot, to 17. So he was not very effective, but everyone needs to leave Casper, Wyoming. Mm. Well, yeah, before the aliens make him butt chug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, yeah, getting drunk is how he... How he facilitates this? They'll time get travel. you with four quick beers in the in the mm-hmm. in the Spinkster. They'll, they'll get you those aliens. <laughs> yeah. And Luke and Andrew wonder how do we know this isn't true? We don't really know. Well, Luke comes to the conclusion that quote I think it's unlikely he's from the future. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the flavors Micheladas of Micheladas that Miller has just six Ugh. months from now. I know. And then they talk a lot about um, gambling. Like, what would you do to game your future if you knew what was going to happen? And Luke, of course, goes right to gambling. Um, sports gambling, probably. Well, of of course, the sports gambling. Because they talked yeah. about, like, blackjack or whatever. And, like, 
going back. That'd be impossible. I know, going into the future for five minutes, seeing the cards coming back. You know, that's too busy. You know, just shove all your money across on a Super Bowl. No. Yeah. No. You buy a Powerball ticket. Forget this yeah. sports gambling stuff. Uh, no, because the, the sports gambling, you can keep it private. That 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 lottery stuff, I don't want to get involved. Those people die. Those people, I don't want to get involved. If I can make my money anonymously, I'd much rather do that than, than well, with the Well, you set up ball. one of those trusts. It's fun, though. I think it's fun for them. Obviously, Luke loves to gamble. So there's probably, you know, if you've got that much freedom... You don't need to worry about time. It's not like you need to worry so much that you get it quickly. No. <laughs> you can spend as long as you want. But right. if you know that you're going to win, doesn't that take the thrill out of it? Well, if it's a sure thing. Yes. yes. For having $80 million, I think I'd be thrilled. It would take the while. thrill out of the sports. But, but, you can, but what you can do, in is with a very small amount of the money that you made on your sure thing is gamble in real time. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, like yeah. indulge yourself with some real real time sports gambling with your filthy winnings where only you saw the New England Patriots coming back from 20 28 to 3 you had that knowledge but now you know I can bet on a, the basketball games today not knowing who's going to win I don't know that seems like a recipe for losing 80 million dollars <laughs> but I still I can still I can still go cash in another future ticket if i need to well yeah who cares if you lose it you could just go get more also you come back uh armed with a list of big sports events so this assumes that you're not going to go back to the future once you win you've come back to the past and you're going to be here for good and then you live in the past okay yeah you live in the past like me with my with my tom petty stories (laughs) we shouldn't really get too mucked down in the details because this doesn't make any sense no it didn't (laughs) Uh, Luke and Andrew wonder if they somehow affect the outcome of a sport ball game by watching it or not I'm watching sure they it. did. And I rolled my eyes. I think I listened to this while I was driving and I almost ran off the road because I couldn't stop rolling my eyes. If you go to the game and run out on the field and trip someone, you, you can't affect the outcome of a sport ball game. This has got to be some sort of logical fallacy where people put way too much importance on their own mm-hmm. actions. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course, Cri- nothing. Christy could talk about this. She used to be really superstitious about the but there, yeah there's so many superstitions in sports right mm-hmm. like that's a that's a really common oh thing. yeah yeah when i was playing sports i had superstitions about you know what to do and and how to do it or whatever but when you're not involved in the game what you're doing doesn't matter there i have a friend whose father is kind of well known at the university of michigan uh football games and he wears he's a professor there and he wears this polyester you know, maize suit, mm-hmm. bright, bright yellow suit and this crazy hat uh, to every single game. And he goes to every single game. And they were in town a couple of weeks ago because there was a game out here in Arlington, including U of M. I think it was against Florida. I don't know. But he came to that and it was, you know, warm, very warm in <laughs> September in Texas. And he wore this polyester <laughs> suit to this That's game. Great. And he was bright red and just drenched and miserable and exhausted by the end of it but he had to do it yeah because if he didn't they would have lost absolutely well after the their devastating loss last night to um michigan state at Mm. the next game he should he should iron on some question marks and be like the ask lesco (laughs) of of michigan fans yes Um, next story is ticks for some reason. It sounds like everybody has these little kind of ticks and sometimes they're minor and sometimes they're major. Uh, Luke bites his nails a lot and cracks his knuckles. 
And it sounds like Andrew has a middle ear infection and has been picking at it for four months. That's not a tick. That's an ailment. No, that is not a tick. (laughs) That's an infection in your ear. Right. And just as a PSA, you can get an inner ear infection, you can get a middle ear infection, and you can get an outer ear infection. There's all sorts of parts of your ears, and they can all get infected. And while it's not a tick, I'm not ruling out a tick inside True. His ear. It could very true. much be an actual tick. Do you guys have any of these compulsions? Yeah. Not too badly. I got a mosquito bite on my shoulder this sum- summer, mm. and I scratched it and it bled. And then it scabbed and I scratched it and it bled. And so I'm kind of in that pattern because it's right at the right spot where I can just see it if I turn my head. And it's also right in the right spot to pick at it. But other than that, I mean, I quit biting my nails years and years and years ago. So I don't really have anything. I started chopping my legs off of last <laughs> October. It's a hell of a tick. I'm, You're I'm not going to have it. any left pretty soon. Yeah, I think I'm done with that now. Yeah. You don't bite your nails or? Not my toenails. Not your toenails anymore. No. You could if you'd saved them. Oh, gross. Oh, boy. Hey, I can't believe Ann took it there. I know. <laughs> it's not that I'm not gross. It's just that I get tired of it after a while. <laughs> this isn't poop talk, so it's okay. Right. I don't really do anything like that. I used to bite my nails, but um, I was able to stop pretty easily. I guess I crack my knuckles sometimes. I like to crack my back a little bit now and then, but... My husband said it was okay. <laughs> um, we got that's, an that's email. A, that's a very funny. People don't <laughs> know how funny joke. a line that is. <laughs> My husband Sorry. Says we should okay. not do inside jokes right. here. Um, we get an email from listener Tina, who we heard about earlier in the week, had met Stubot at a bar or ran into Stubot at a bar uh, and said hi and then ended up ghosting on him. And he was like, hey, <laughs> what happened? Uh, but she writes in to let us know that her bus transfer was about to expire. So she had to jet, but she ended up missing her bus anyway and ended up walking home. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of sweet. Not just any bar that she met the Stubot at, at Liquor Lyles, which is a dive bar of the first order in Minneapolis. Like, I was thinking that if Luke and Andrew went to this dive bar, we would have to carry them out because they would love it so much in there. Sounds great. Well, I'm mm-hmm. glad Stu- Stubot... You know, he's keeping his rep alive by going to these kind of bars. He, wa- he wasn't watching the Twins game there, was he? Probably. I don't know. Because that would suck to lose both Tina and the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the guys go off on a long, unscheduled uh, sport ball talk about the Twins uh, losing and then how they're not mad at the Astros. And I don't know why or <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah. Why are we not or mad at you? the Astros? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought he was going to say something about the hurricane <laughs> supporting Houston, but no, it was just something about their their players. And then we learn about a guy on the Twins who entered as, oh boy, I'm going to get this all wrong, a reliever? Yes. And he hit a triple with crumbs in his beard. <laughs> yeah, he, like everyone else in baseball, thinks that uh, a beard means he has personality. Right. Um, so, yeah, a reliever with a thunderous beard. I don't know about the crumbs. It looked pretty clean to me. But. I wonder if, if that's a, another superstition. Because I've heard about, especially baseball players seem to be really prone to this. Like, they'll wear the same socks and they won't wash them. Yeah. Uh, or they'll do some sort of lucky thing or whatever. I wonder if having crumbs in his beard is his thing. There are a lot more superstitions in baseball. And, that, and I probably, you know, with the tick discussion or whatever, like when I played baseball, I had things that I would do and not do. But this particular thing, the beard thing in baseball, um, it's not really 
these guys have had these stupid beards for the last couple of years since it's been mm-hmm. trendy. Uh, in hockey, that's a different deal where clean-shaven guys will let their beards go as long as they're alive in the playoffs. So, like, a clean-shaven guy can go into the playoffs, and then a month and a half, two months later, when they finally win the Stanley Cup, he could have a big beard. Mm-hmm. So it kind of – that's a thing. In baseball, it's just guys trying to be quirky and – and have a personality when they don't, because most baseball players are boring as fuck. <laughs> Can't grow a personality on your face. No, you cannot, and they feel they can. Yeah. Um, and then last on the list for today is they talk a bit about the word spooktacular, and they seem to take credit for popularizing it, but I feel like that's been on little cartoon pumpkins at Target for right. the past 30 years. Right. Hobby Lobby took spooktacular uh, no actually yeah. they, they're they're religious so i won't, won't say hobby Lobby. oh no no joanne yeah, fabrics probably Definitely. has been been featuring spooktacular every august on since time immemorial um but they they may be popularizing it on um american public media at least right because they are that's what they're calling it on their halloween special yeah it's such a lame name i wish they hadn't committed to it but probably there are no other public radio programs using the word spooktacular. So they yeah. have a Maybe point. Maybe for a reason, though. Yeah. The word. <laughs> Maybe because it's a bad word. Because spook is in it. Yeah, probably they don't want to do that. I mean, that seems like seems like a spooktacular seems like a, something that um, Sean Hannity might might feature on his show. Yeah. Uh, Friday, 2484. Hand me down. Hand me down. Uh, Luke is driving a lawnmower into the ground rather than fix it or try to... Do you think he's ever done an ounce of motorcycle maintenance in his life? (laughs) No. He's just got a lawnmower. He has a lawnmower, which he calls a a hand-me-down. Until he kills it. Yeah. He's just going to... Until it can't cut one more blade of grass, he's going to use... He has some travel fatigue, and he ate... Because he ate too many nachos, I guess... uh, um, he was at, at, at a, uh, reasonably priced Mexican restaurant. Was it called jalapenos or did they just, I missed it. I, I sort of thought that they were just picking jalapenos as a representative name for that kind of restaurant, but I'm not sure. It I could have been an up. actual like chilies or, yeah. uh, they've also been saying jalapeno a lot on the show lately. I'm guessing there is something with jalapeno in the name near him in Bellingham that Ashton Kutcher has given a positive review on Yelp about. (laughs) There's a bunch of um, jalapenos in Texas, but that's uh, probably something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, they don't look like chains. Oh, it might be jalapenos, Barkley village, Mexican grill. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Okay. Is that a chain? Solve that mystery. Jalapeno. So he's at, he he decides to go eat some uh, bar nachos, which is an odd specific craving, but I could see it. Like, yeah. I haven't had those kind of nachos in years and years, but if you put a plate in front of me right now, I'd be like, all right. Oh, hell yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take that on. You know, just old-fashioned with the refried beans, you know, the, the, the kind we used to all eat in the 90s. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, He... He's at this uh, this restaurant with a guy who claims to have had a free year um, in that he celebrated, one year he celebrated his birthday a year early or late? I can't remember. Early. He claims to have a free year. And also... That's not how time works. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just were confused for a minute. Yeah. 
And then there's a there's a dude who's getting divorced who um, doesn't want to give up his his is his wife's mom's heirloom bedpans, something like mm-hmm. that. And does this? And you you know from tchotchkes and collectibles, right? You know. Well, we don't sell you know bedpans at my store. <laughs> Why not? But have you ever heard of like a collectible bedpan? Like, is this a thing? No. No, this are they especially not. beautiful? Like, are there are there bedpan artisans out there? I don't think so. Oh, no, there's going to be soon. <laughs> I think this is just some nasty old bedpan that's been in the family forever. I don't know, guys. Google bedpan art. No, I, I refuse. S- I need to say something about bedpans right now. Having spent a lot of the last year and a half in the hospital, uh, bedpans, not a useful item. Never, I will never see any use. For a bedpan. It's just, you're lying down. You're not shitting. It's the worst design ever. Right, right. The, it doesn't help you. If, if you're looking at it, if you're in the hospital and have to go to the bathroom, you're like, uh, no, why don't you wheel up one of those toilets next to my next to my bed? Because I'm, I'm not sliding this under me. I have no desire to shit right here where I'm lying down. No, thank you. <laughs> so, useless item bedpans i have to say i never actually considered the mechanics of bedpan use well try to shit lying down sometime i've never have and i never want to but it doesn't doesn't work gravity doesn't work that way no you need you need a little help from from brother gravity mother earth uh meet brother gravity um the divorce attorney's teeth are discussed (laughs) <laughs> uh guy making that much money off of me should be able to get some crest white strips that was a good line i thought yeah because that would offend me too i'd be like how much money do i have to give this motherfucker before he like it doesn't drive a tercel has doesn't have yellow teeth whatever it is mm-hmm. i would i can i can see that um andrew try uh, andrew tries to avoid bar talk for the most part which is weird for someone who likes to go out to bars all the time because it seems like why would I want to go out and spend a lot of extra money on booze? You know, because you can you can get your eight beers at home a lot cheaper. He likes to observe people and be in the action, but not participate yeah, in it. It's a good point. He does like that. But he doesn't even want to observe it because he he wants to slide down the rainbow into his book. Yeah. Right. He just right. wants to be there. Yeah, Luke seems much more engaged in bar life and it seems like more worth it to him to spend the extra money to be in a bar to collect stories and to talk to people like i'm surprised he didn't get way more involved in this conversation i didn't Mm -hmm. even i would have gotten more involved in this conversation i think because i kind of like kind of like these guys the guy giving the deaf leopard reviews (laughs) that's when they (laughs) lost me uh yeah rock on Rock On is a weird song from way back that's been remade at least twice, and it gets worse every time. Well, I didn't think that the original was that stellar, frankly. Not at all. Not at all. But when you get to the Young and the Restless guy <laughs> doing his <laughs> hair, you know, hair band version of it. Did you see, did either one of you watch that video and watch him try to dance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty bad. No. He was convulsing. What was that? That was not good. Consult I don't think a physician if that's your version of dancing. <laughs> he had that early 90s 
George Michael Richard Marks hair. Oh yeah, kind of going oh, yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, that's the entire tr- attraction of that thing—a curly mullet. Mm-hmm. He was the mm-hmm. epitome of um, a haircut. You know, like Young and the Restless, they said, "Oh, get get me that haircut," and then they cast that guy on Young and the Restless because they had to have a guy with that haircut. Who you know, who else was going to date Cricket? That one was for you, Phyllis. Um, there's a long Simpsons trailer played with the uh, the Dredrick Tatum versus a Thousand Monkeys or whatever it was. They had to go offshore to to. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, but oh, back to the bar thing. Luke's been friends with Camaro Kev for a long time. If he hadn't been, and if he needed a Camaro Kev in his life, this guy at the Jalapenos probably could could slide right into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, he's into Def Leppard. I'm sure he drives some sort of sport, sports car from the late 80s, early 90s. But yeah, I like that guy. All right. Uh, top story. Uh, someone tweeted out um, from a conference. I think some sort of conference. A female journalist tweeted out, like, imitate podcasters that you like. Im- imitate their style and the marketplace people um, said no, no, that's a disaster. Don't do that. I, I, I think we can. They can both be right about mm-hmm. this. I think imitate is an unfortunate word. Like maybe be inspired by. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we we do a podcast, and we had to start it at some point, and I had to start my other podcast at some point. If you don't try to sound like something, <laughs> you're not going to sound like anything. So. You you have to uh, at least ape the bare minimum of of um, your structure or yeah. you gotta, your tone. You gotta yeah. bring you gotta bring something or you got nothing. So you know try to try to at least be inspired by someone who you respect. Don't go like oh I really I really hate wait wait don't tell me so I'm gonna try to imitate them. No, you know. <laughs> Don't do that. I, I let's say I really like my brother, my brother and me. You know, I'm gonna do my intro kind of like theirs until I find my feet. That was unfortunate choice of words for <laughs> this particular podcast. <laughs> until we find our feet <laughs> as a LRB or whatever. Because yeah, yeah, it's shaky. Like the the ep- early episodes of any podcast, unless the person is just amazing, are gonna be a little bit shaky because. You got to find something, and and if if somebody inspires you to be a little bit better, this the reaction uh, from the marketplace people kind of irritated me, and I I kind of thought they had a pretty good discussion about it, except for Andrew thinks that everyone is trying to sound the same, but I think it's just everyone who Andrew's listening to. Yes, exactly. There's plenty of other podcasts that don't follow that form yeah. formula. He's listening to all the offshoots of This American Life, you know mm-hmm. that whole family tree, but there are other podcast family trees to listen to you can go down the mark Marin tree the adam carolla tree bill simmons tree but but andrew doesn't do that he 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 goes by all you know the chicago new york those people so that's what he's listening to and it probably does sound all the same to him so and you guys have especially meredith you're 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 kind of all over the place with your podcast listening so Mm -hmm. you had to be calling bullshit on all this right yeah i mean you know i i have a couple from there's one I listen to that's from Canada there's one from England they don't sound anything like 
this American life. You got to also remember that all the American, uh, this American life people, like the Gimlet people started at right. this American yeah. life. Right. And radio lab was on this American life. Like they all kind of had this, these, these shared roots, but there's so many podcasts out there that don't do that. They just need to broaden their horizons a little bit. And I think Luke does. I, I, I think Luke wasn't the one saying, Oh, everybody sounds the same. Yeah. You know, but that's kind of irritating me when Andrew is talking like that because I'm like, that's not true at all, <laughs> what you're saying. Let's see. Andrew starts reading the Trucktober joke tags <laughs> from uh, the Stens page, which is a pretty good <laughs> use of the Stens page, mm-hmm. I think. Um, he's very tickled by his own Trucktober joke, which is which is fun to listen to because he's really smiling through that, that big yep. beard. Uh, John Moe has a new podcast, uh, which we get an advertisement at the end of the show. I don't know if you guys hung around and heard it, but they're tagging at the end with the, the new Hilarious World of Depression, which John Moe uh, has completely ripped off the mental illness happy hour. Um, he has not. I take exception to that. I've listened to a lot of the Hilarious World of Depression. It's very different from the mental illness happy hour. Don't interrupt my John Moe hate. <laughs> <laughs> And please. I'm sorry. I mean, his his brother committed suicide, so I I get it and there there's there's a lot there and I and he's been he's been talking about depression for a long time, but uh stop ripping off uh the mental illness happy hour. Uh, the mental Mark. illness happy hour is not about depression though. Depression may be a component. It's about mental illness, but... same thing. Anyway, uh what's going to make me depressed is having to go through music for your weekend. <laughs> Uh, Luke plays an an pretty awful uh, cover of Harvest Moon by Neil Young by um, someone named or a band called Poolside. Uh, Andrew plays a decent song called Wikipedia from a lady or a lady who fronts a band named Jean Doe, which is a French spelling of John Doe. And then Peter in Paris, who apparently... That's a lot of peas, dude. They met uh-huh. at the picnic <laughs> with Bluebird playing Twist, and I couldn't find Bluebird. First, he said the Bluebird, and then he said Bluebird later. But the song is called Twist. Uh, so that does it for the week. Unless Anne, you wanted to defend that jerk John Moe some more. Listen, I think that John Moe is a jerk too. I'm just saying it's not a ripoff of the mental illness happy hour. John Moe makes me depressed. So, and I don't find it hilarious at all when he makes me depressed. All right. Housekeeping. Buy stuff from us. We're giving away a bunch of stuff on this bingo. So we're going in the hole uh, pretty fast. <laughs> so we need you to buy some of this cool stuff from us. I am wearing my RAR sweatshirt right now. And it is awesome. It has withstood many washings right now, and not even the smallest uh, drop has started to drop off this sweatshirt. Mm. It is uh, amazingly comfortable and warm and wonderful, and it looks good too. I'm not gonna lie; I look pretty good in this sweat in this in this <laughs> pullover. Uh, archive project. Those fuckers keep making more shows, so we need to keep archiving, and. Um, the the nice lady i think you know by now that the nice lady and the the rest of us over here at little red bandwagon are going to take care of you mm-hmm. if you archive am i right ann have we not taken care of everyone in in many ways absolutely i mean i spent i i, I sent i sent a uh 
guide to the spiders of Central Texas to someone <laughs> who archived. <laughs> I mean, who else is going to do that for you but LRB? Yeah. So Other podcasts don't do that. They don't. They don't. But they do all sound the same. And so do we. You can buy stuff from, from our link, our Amazon link at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. And we will read your embarrassing purchases. Um, you can listen to our friends, Earbuds and Earworms. Bobby is on with Amy and he is defending his iPod or defending his the, the, the songs that he should be embarrassed about from his music collection, which I and Phyllis have done and now Bobby is doing it. And I am really anxious to listen to this one because Amy was very charmed by some story that Bobby told. And I can't imagine anyone being charmed <laughs> by Bobby. So it's got to be an amazing story. He's in Aruba right now with his lovely wife, though, who he tricked into marrying him five years ago. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm very suspicious of Happy this. Happy anniversary. He goes to Aruba so he can't be on our show, and then he turns up on somebody else's show on the same week. Hmm. Hmm. Well, in in both stories being kind of romantic, too. So, like, he's trying to turn his image around at our expense. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's it a seems. drunk time traveler. <laughs> That sounds more and more fun, though. The more we talk about it, if I have the sports <laughs> scores and I'm drunk traveling through time, this is, I could yeah. go for that. Well, I can pretty much guarantee that Bobby is either drunk or time traveling. One of the two. <laughs> right. And if you take out the time, he, is, he has been drunk and traveling for a while mm-hmm. now because the first picture we get from Bobby when he gets on an airplane is whatever whatever booze he's throwing down his booze hole. This time it happened to be, I think, Jack Daniels and Diet Coke. Yep. Um, but I think that was because it was an afternoon flight, not his usual Bailey's. We just got a morning champagne picture. Oh, we did. All <laughs> yeah. right, he's back at it. Mm-hmm. He's back at it. All right, send us your favorite clips for the year end of your show. I And I think, didn't you say recently one of your favorite clips was me and Bobby uh, arguing about... Um, Garbage milk? Yes. Was that this year? <laughs> yeah, that was this year. I think so. I was I was trying to remind Emily what that argument was about and uh and I think I think I'm a little bit sh- I mean, I argued a point I wasn't 100% sure on, but you know, I wanted to go against. I wanted to be one of those shows where they had a split screen. Right. Like you you couldn't be more wrong, Bobby, about the garbage milk. So stuff like that. Um, most of the clips are going to be Anne. We know this because she gets on these rants and she's filthy. She's a filthy mm-hmm. m- mouth. So I have all these thoughts that I keep bottled up all week. And then and then she takes it to Groston. Mm-hmm. Not not Poopton, but Mm-mm. she'll often no, take it to Groston. Never. <laughs> uh, Meredith, how do people um, get involved with us? If you would like to send us one of those clips or check out our merch or email us, you can go to littleredbandwagon.com or throwyourphone.com, which is where you deposit all your fury. Um, That gets emailed to all of us, and we love, love reading them. Uh, You can see us on Facebook, our page, or the Stens page. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. Oh, Jen, um, you probably haven't gotten a lot of I love yous from guys who have a lot of dried blood in their beard, but you have one now. 
We love you, Jen. Nailed it. I was just uh, just stroking the old beard here. Yeah, Getting flakes of, coming yeah, out of it? Yeah, That's great. A lot, of blood, a lot of blood falling down on the old raw sweatshirt. Good thing it's red. Hey, friends. Bobby here. It's about 11.30 Sunday morning, and I am with my wife at the Spa Cove on the private island at the Renaissance Resort in Aruba. Sam and I just got a couple's massage and have been enjoying our use of this private cabana with a bottle of champagne and a plate of fruit. Oh, there go some birds. And uh, I love you all very much. I believe that my colleagues from the podcast are recording your week in review right now. And uh, I miss them, but um, not nearly as much as I'm enjoying this. So... Bingo!